that's us. Bollocks on toast. <laughs> that's our team name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'll come up with that. Good morning, sweet world, and welcome to the No Dunks podcast on the Athletic Network. Thursday, February 20th. I'm J.E. Skeeton right there. He's smooth on the mic with a voice that'll make you jealous. Alongside me, as always, give it up for the homie Tass Mellis. Yeah, common rocket. Had to give you one. We got the bearded one, Trey Kirby. Hey yo, hey yo! Happy belated birthday, TK. Enter the thirty-sixth chamber of life. Ooh, wow. welcome, welcome. Mm-hmm. We got the international man of mystery taking it to the max, Lee Ellis. Friends. Mm-hmm. I remember the thirty-sixth chamber. It was a while ago now, but it was a good one. <laughs> and last but not least, making the magic happen is JD. Hello. There he is, and here we are, JD. What the hell is going on in the office here this morning? We got a oh brand new my setup. God, f-ing... <laughs> it's a nightmare. Is what it is. It's a goddamn nightmare. I mean, the desk is all different. You're over at a whole other section of the office. I can't even see you. Where are you? Hi, I can see you waving when you put your arm above Trey. Yeah, there you are. (laughs) So we're trying things out here. Yeah, you know, we're uh, as as uh, as mentioned before, we're trying to make the move to video. Mm, So we need, and this is all part of it. Okay, okay. Yeah, you'll get used to it. Don't worry. <laughs> I'm already loving it. We did six years with you not seeing me, so I That's think you'll point. be fine. That's a good point. Um, guys, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at No Dunks Inc. You know we're on Facebook at facebook.com slash No Dunks Inc. Well, I guess it's official. We're now on Facebook. And email us your NBA questions and comments to nodunks at theathletic.com. We'll be stepping on the beach later today mm. here on a Thursday, so... You can watch for that podcast Thursday afternoon. Back-to-back jacks as we get back into it. We had a little break. Look, guilty. Guilty. We need some time off every once in a while after that crazy all-star weekend. But, yeah, back-to-back jacks today and then the drop on Friday and maybe a little bonus podcast mm-hmm. over the weekend. That's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say. But let's get into it with the up-down report. Preparing your tumbies. It's the up-down report. Yes, the up-down report. It's something that a lot of people I know have been tweeting in, DMing us on Instagram. When are you guys going to weigh in on the actual All-Star game? You did the live show at Chuba's Tavern on the Saturday night. Then you even did a podcast on Sunday morning talking about the All-Star Saturday night festivities. But we have been quiet when it comes to the All-Star game. That's when we (laughs) took our little break and everybody was flying back. So the first question here of the up-down report. Were you up or down on the new All-Star game format? Oh, who's going down on that? It was fun, wasn't it? Kyle Lowry's going down on that. (laughs) What a fun game it was. Uh, I think there's still a few tweaks to be had. I Mm -hmm. don't think it's perfect, but I think when you consider what we've had in the past as far as All-Star games, how can they possibly change this going forward? This this worked, certainly in this night, for the NBA. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I can't see in any way that they go away from this. Like I say, I just think we'll maybe get into it. You know, the the free throws, I I think we can probably... All agree that we don't want any free throws at all in that last. Even uh, you? Not even me. No, I mean because I think it just uh, it was a that was the only problem with it. The way it ended with an Anthony Davis free throw. Nobody wanted to see that. Mm. We wanted to see that LeBron pulling up from the logo. We wanted sure. that one to go in. We wanted someone to just hit a crazy shot or any shot and just not a free throw that was clearly a foul on Kyle Lowry. He, he basically <laughs> mugged Anthony Davis. Yeah. And Nick Nick Nurse, mad respect for Nick Nurse throwing out a challenge on that one. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I, th- I think this was a, a huge win for the NBA. People everywhere from a lot of sports were talking about, finally, you know, a, a league has found a format that appears to work. It was fun. 
People were on their feet in the arena for the final 15 minutes of the game, even standing through. I guess they weren't cutting to commercial during this. I mean, we couldn't tell. We were there, and it just seemed like a normal review. But there were reviews in an all-star game. There were multiple jump balls. Kyle Lowry was flopping all over the place. It was certainly a fun watch. I wonder how much of it is necessarily the format, or is it just players wanting to go out there and play an intense game? LeBron was going through uh, the lines during the national anthem, getting people psyched up to play this game. So Mm. I think that there was a little bit of uh, competitive juices just flowing in general. But yeah, it was fun to watch, and certainly they're going to try it again. There will be tweaks, of course, and I think even the players kind of didn't want it to end on a free throw because you remember uh, Team LeBron ran that play, got Harden a layup basically underneath the basket, but rather than going up and trying to get fouled, he just chucks it to the corner, I guess going for a three-pointer to win. Maybe that's the rule. You have to win on a highlight, then we'll have to debate what is a highlight. Mm -hmm. But it will be more exciting than winning on a free throw. But for the first one to end on a free throw, classic. No doubt this is going to stay. And sure, there will be tweaks. But uh, I think even the first three quarters were a little bit better. If it was just about uh, the first three quarters, then everybody would sort of be – meh on this what we're really talking about is the fourth quarter was way better i I don't think the the first three quarters was all that different but it was different that they were playing until the end of the quarter and they were trying to win something you see the substitution see the even the the timeouts they were trying to win something at the end of the quarter so that was a slight improvement but the fourth quarter was way better i think there's something about playing to a number versus playing the clock you're just not there's no there's no there's no chilling and uh there were no timeouts. Um, I think that's no commercials. That's that's important. And it's also when you're playing to a score, guys can just say, "All right, let's go and run. Let's finish this. Let's let's go. Let's go get this and let's finish it off." And they're they play till 24, which isn't a lot of baskets, especially in the three point uh, era that we're playing in. But Zach Lowe reported that we're likely to see it again after uh, talking to officials uh, after All Star Weekend. But it's probably going to be a lot more than 24 points. Originally, the idea was 38 points when Chris Paul brought this up because that was the average of the fourth quarter totals in in the previous couple Mm All-Star games. Mm -hmm. Um, Feels very random after having a 24-point fourth quarter. And I think even if they bump it up, it was originally 38 they were going to do. Then they said, you know, that's that's not a round number. Let's do 35, according to Zach Lowe. 24 is... um, It's a good number because you can kind of just go for it with your main guys. You saw the best players on the floor. And I know we're talking about the 12 best players versus the 12 best players. But you saw the cream of the crop on the floor. You saw Braun and Kawhi and Harden and Lowry, who is one of the best 10 players in the world. Well, that's crazy to say. But he was part of the best five units out there. And if you're going more than 24, I think maybe there's substitutions. And I don't like that. I I don't see why you would go up to 35. Uh, it just it just makes more for more substitutions, and I I I'd rather see LeBron going for it. That was definitely awesome. That ten guys played for almost an hour. It seemed yeah. like I mean I didn't check my watch at the beginning of the fourth quarter to see how long it was, but to see those guys actually playing for a long extended time, it was very much a pickup scenario. We yes. don't want to have to sit. We got to make our way up there. Yeah. I'm also a little bit convinced that LeBron wanted his team to go into the fourth quarter trailing so he could pull off a comeback, which happened. <laughs> hey, maybe. And it, he went for the shot with that three ball. Definitely. From, from the oh. logo, which which was pretty cool. I think what they played for is Zach Lowe reported the actual real time for what those guys all played, and it was thirty something minutes. Thirty, I gotta check it out, but it was in the thirties that they played for, and that's a 
long time. That's a long time, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, you're right. And Lowe says this whole target score, the Elam ending, it's going to stick around at least for the All-Star game. I mean, it was awesome. We were in the arena, and it was awesome. People were like, we were ha- everybody was sort of laughing at the intensity, even with guys like Lowry playing the way they were, and you knew those deep bombs were coming when someone was going to try and win it. It was just so much fun. And the experiment of, like, do you sub out guys? Do you just keep them in there? Like, because how much longer will this yeah. game go? You don't know. Uh, when they started playing, obviously, uh, intense defense, it's like it's not a given that they're going to score. I love it. Perfect, like, trying this out, give it a go, and here we are. Now, I will say, though, because we got a lot of questions, you know, will this intensity stick around for these future games? You hope so, and maybe a part of it is the target score and the idea of playing quarter to quarter. But I wonder, you have to wonder, like, how much of this was sort of the Kobe factor and playing hard? For, for him and on a night where they were obviously celebrating him. Is it like that every year? I'm not I'm not so sure. I love the idea of keeping or having the kids in attendance. I think that gives a little something to see the team Giannis and team LeBron right there on the baseline cheering every now and then. One quick Great change on idea. that. When it's tied at the end of a quarter, split the charity. Don't roll it over. You know, yeah. okay. They, made a, mis- <laughs> they made a mistake. Yeah. They made a mistake. Okay, there. fair I th- enough. I think they would change that. And then honestly... I think ultimately it just comes down to the leaders in this game deciding, are we going to play our ass off or not? And I thought Giannis, and you said LeBron too, being the captains, that was apparent mm-hmm. right from the get-go. For the, like, Yeah, it's still an all-star game. It's not like they were like really locking down in the first minute, but there, were, there was defense. There truly was, especially from a guy like Giannis, who I thought was just playing harder than most of the guys out there. And I think that sort of obviously, and, and then Lowry as well, that's spilled over to these other guys. So I'm just saying, like, the leaders, if they decide whether it's a target scoring or not, say, hey, let's play hard, then that's what's going to happen. That will just ultimately follow with those guys. So that's why whatever I think the reason is to get them there, be it charities or new endings and flipping or, like, little tweaks and stuff, it's got to be the players that just do it. Yeah, no doubt. I think that's why continuing to connect it with the number 24 in the future I think is totally fine. Yeah. Just to keep, keep Kobe's memory Maybe. in every single game. I think it's smart. I, I don't see a 35-point. Then, then then you're screwing around with it. I think you would see more substitutions. You would see guys just saying, that's a lot of baskets, so we're going to have to get through this quarter like it's a regular mm-hmm. quarter, and we're going to mm-hmm. play all 12 of our guys instead of just going for it. Uh, I think that's important. And Zach Lowe reported it was actually 39 minutes they played for it, by the way, in, in, wow. the, in the fourth quarter, just straight, with no TV timeouts, which was awesome uh, because – we didn't have to break. Yeah, <laughs> it yeah. was a real soccer game out there. You're just chilling, watching basketball for for that long. And uh, Zach Lowe reporting that they may go to one timeout. Yeah, there's going to be a timeout. There's definitely going to be a commercial break. <laughs> Which in I there. think is totally fine. Yeah, I mean, fine. It, it one timeout. Yeah. Is if they're fine. playing hard, that's all we want. Yeah, you just cool. want to see the best players in the world actually play on both sides of the ball for a little bit and make it sort of like a glorified pickup game. Yeah. You would think though that the NBA would try and capitalize like they have capitalized on every single NBA game and every playoff game by having a lot of TV timeouts. Yeah, well, right. Yeah, that's what you would assume. Yeah, being a, a basketball but, fan for a long time. But this one timeout, if that's the plan, yeah, is fine. I think I think Adam Silver probably looks at this and goes, "Let's not mess with it too much." You know, let's not break that yeah. that sort of intensity because people were talking about it. And you got to give Adam Silver and the NBA head office a lot of credit. They could have easily just let the All Star game continue the way it was, knowing that's like, you know what? It's just an exhibition. We'll never get these guys to play. They went out and they actually tried something really unique and different and got a lot of heat for it too because people were like, what are you doing? This is yeah. crazy. 
and it turned out really well. And so, and know, nobody got injured. Nobody. That's got injured. the other yeah. part of this whole thing. Sure, I mean right? that, that that's it's always a completely a risk. different narrative. Yeah. if somebody rolls an ankle. But or you're whatever. just as likely to get injured in any game yeah. if you you know roll an ankle and you're the wrong place at the wrong time. But but the NBA didn't just let this let this sort of keep going down the path it was. Adam Silver's tried something and now it's worked. And now, you know, with this mid-season tournament idea that he's been throwing around, I think now he has a little bit more. Uh, credibility is maybe not the right word, but Leeway. yeah, a yeah. little a little bit more I agree. to say to people, hey, now I can want to try this other thing and see if that works. We we have tried something that's worked. We're not finished with it, but at least he's showing that this is not just like we're not just trying things for the sake of trying them. He's trying to make things a better product, and so far it's worked pretty well. Yeah, I agree. I think this definitely helps his chances convincing you know the owners, the board of governors. Uh, the idea of some of these, you know, midseason tournaments or whatever playoff games, uh, playing games, excuse me, um, maybe even adding the target score to some of those games, like mm-hmm. getting, you know, keep getting creative and saying, look, sometimes we knock it out of the park, and uh, why not, you know, give me another chance here, and yeah. let's give it a go. I, I 100% agree. Back to the free throw thing, ending on a free throw. I know Zach Lowe in his article, they've already discussed taking away points from any team that commits a shooting foul on a potential winning shot instead of awarding the free throws. It seems like a pretty simple, quick fix to me. Or oh, minus, you lose a point if you miss a free throw. Maybe. Sure. Uh, there's ju- there's just got to be something because it can't it can't be that you can win on a free throw, but it also can't be that you can't win on a free throw because then it's just a hack fest. Then it's just going to be a foul. Right. Every time you get close for a layup, we're going to make you try and earn it at the line. So maybe the subtraction method is good. Yeah. Mm. And then there's the idea of like you actually remove the player who committed the foul. Like, mm, shame them. Yeah. It's like Lowry's. Yeah. <laughs> I there's like a, that, there's actually. a bell ringing, and Lowry's <laughs> got to take the walk of shame off the court. So there's ideas. But yeah, I, I actually. I mean, no one wanted to attend on a free throw, but I wasn't. I wasn't that upset. I didn't. I wasn't as upset as I thought I would be heading into the game of like the possibility of it ending on free throw. Maybe that's just because I was like, "Oh my god, that was a fun thirty minutes right True. there." True. But it's you like, also would have right. liked it more if LeBron Hell really yeah. hits oh, the deep one, of right? Of course, of course. And it's yeah, and they gave it a go. I mean, they took yeah, their shots. For sure, for there sure. were opportunities to to sort of end it, and they just didn't knock them down. Yeah. Uh, Super, super fun. Was it? And it was just as great, you know, watching Tats, you left a day early. Like, it was just fun watching on television, I assume. Just Big that time. nonstop flow. Yeah. yeah. I was watching the 10 best players play really, 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 really hard for a, a long time without breaks. Yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> and, yeah, I think people didn't like the free throw, but it was way more uh, – the, the feeling of the prior 39 minutes – overrode everything that happened yeah. in, the, in the last three seconds <laughs> with with the free throw. And it was fun that Anthony Davis was having some fun with him. They're talking trash to him in a way. And it's part of basketball. Free throws are part of basketball. So it wasn't that foreign to see a dude at the line trying to hit a free throw. It wasn't crazy. Uh, but, uh, yeah, taking away free throws, I mean, that's that's for smarter people to, to figure out. But um, I don't know. I think, I think even if you say, hey, we're, you can't win this on a free throw, and guys could continuously foul. I think eventually they would stop, but who the heck knows? Or maybe you put a limit on it. I don't know. It's sort of like pickup rules, right? It's like, yeah, I mean, we is. could foul every single time yep. in your pickup run, but at some point you're just an asshole for continuing <laughs> yeah. to do that. Really? Like, you're just like, that's like, the rule. That's the unwritten rule. It's like, yeah, I could. we could foul you every single time, yeah. but you just don't do that because it's not fun <laughs> at that point. It, it, you saw that, though, out there on the court as well, the players arguing over everything. 
that was a foul. No, it wasn't a yeah. foul. And you saw some real passion, especially Chris Paul. He was really pissed off a few times, which I didn't expect. I didn't expect the players to get quite that into it. Yeah, they were. I, they I thought were, they, they wanted were gonna, it. Yeah, I thought they were going to be. That's like, his project, though. Right, uh, it's yeah. Chris Paul's. Yeah. It's kind of his baby. He wants us to succeed, so yeah. maybe that's the key: is that you have a guy like Kyle Lowry and Chris Paul on both sides, complaining and flopping all over the place, <laughs> playing it like it's a regular season game. I think so, and that goes back to my point. It really, as great as this idea was, and way to go, kudos to the NBA for trying it. It's still the players; like they exactly could have just right. very easily gone, yeah. "Okay, so what? We don't want to get hurt. We're going to walk through the motions. Sorry, everybody." But they did it because of these guys, I think, that are just... These guys, I mean, any NBA athlete, try anything against them. They don't want to lose. No. They're the most competitive people in the yeah. world. I'm talking cards, ping pong, whatever. Um, so, you know, it should be also just a glorified pickup game. They should be just as competitive. So it's awesome they and did it. it. it continued so. after the game with Giannis basically calling out James Harden in the, in the <laughs> presser saying we were just looking for whoever was defending him to try to score on him. Now, that's great. That's also what you want, you know, that it, it sort of spills over and that people are passionate. And this we might now see at some point. I don't know if the Bucks and the Rockets play again. I don't think they do in the regular season. But, uh, you know, Giannis was... Oh, they do. And uh, that's a nice tease for a, for a beach step in queue we have Ooh. later. That's actually my answer, what you're getting at right there. Okay. They do. Uh, but let's keep it going here. We're all thumbs up on the, on the new All-Star Game format, as I assume a lot of you are out there as well. Next one, the Cleveland Cavaliers announced Wednesday that John Beeline has officially resigned as head coach, and will be reassigned to a different role in the organization. Uh, Associate head coach J.B. Bickerstaff is taking over. Third time's a charm for (laughs) J.B., baby, stepping in there, taking over for a head coach that's moving on. Um, Are you up or down on Beeline leaving the Cavs as head coach? Uh, Basically, you know, a little over uh, half a year into his very long contract with the Cavs. (laughs) Well, I'm up. It would have been uh, a pretty monumental accomplishment if he turned this whole franchise around. Because he came in at the end of their championship era, and there was already organizational problems at the top, player personnel problems. Last year, if you remember, was Ty Lue at the helm. They were supposed to go into the year with a bunch of veterans. They had Kevin Love re-signed, and J.R. Smith, and Channing Frye, and Kyle Korver, and, and George Hill, and lots of old dudes, but they had young guys come in, and young guys that weren't playing the right way. They fired Ty Lue, and they had a terrible team. Uh, and they, they, they were The only team that was worse than them was the Knicks. And so I think LeBron masked a lot of problems in the front office over the years because he's so great. They underpay their front office people. It's a, it's a tough organization to succeed in. And um, on the court, uh, the, the old guys also sort of gave up. Uh, they were just kind of done. They they knew that they won championships or a championship, and they were in the finals every year, and so they were done. The young players weren't playing right, and uh, I mean, John Beeline was basically done when he said the word thugs slash slugs uh, a month ago. Yeah, uh, he, and it's uh, it's it's hard to turn around that organization. That organization, I guess, because we talk about the Knicks uh, as as a terrible organization, Cavs sort of get a pass, but. Um, it would have been very difficult for him to turn that whole thing around on his own, and he didn't coach. I didn't mention Colin Saxon. He didn't coach those guys well enough uh, to try and integrate them. But I don't know if you could integrate them with those old dudes. Those dudes were, were sort of done um, with that with with the way that Ty Lue was exited last year after only six games, which was was which is kind of nuts looking back because Kevin Love resigned to play with all those old dudes and Tristan Thompson. I didn't mention. To try and win, he got 
their lead guy got axed and um even Larry Drew, the assistant coach who took over, <laughs> was like, uh, you know, I don't know if I want this job. Yeah. <laughs> One of the 30 head coaching jobs in the world, unless you give me an extension, which he got. He took the job, and then he was gone at the end of the year, <laughs> which is really strange. It's just top-down. Dan Gilbert, top-down. It's not a great organization. And from the sound of things, it sounds like Beeline would have appreciated the Ty Lue six-game scenario because in the preseason, it sounds like he was done and regretting leaving college to come coach <laughs> this team. So, I mean, you yeah. really have to hate your job if you're giving up millions and millions oh. of dollars to go still work for the same organization, just not have to coach these guys. And it's kind of been, uh, you know, things things cooled down for the Cavs, I would say, uh, during, uh, <laughs> during the All-Star break, which is unfortunate because then they picked right back up because – at the turn of the year, once it switched over to 2020, it was just stories about how much of a disaster the Cavs are. We had the thug slugs. We had Kevin Love pouting on the sidelines and throwing wicked hard passes to his teammates. So, yeah, I'm not shocked that Beeline would want to jet, but he's given up a whole bunch of money just to not to have to deal with these guys. Mm. It was a bad signing, a bad hiring in the first place. A 66-year-old guy has never coached in the NBA before. Like, that's weird. It's just weird. I mean, college coaches don't have a great track record of, of having success in the NBA. There have been some, like right now um, in Boston, uh, Brad Stevens, Brad Stevens is, is having success, but he's got a good team. Cleveland in there for, for John Beeline doesn't have a very good team. He's got young players who are too raw, and he's got older players who don't really want to be there. So it's tough to It wasn't be successful. the whole idea. He was brought in because he was a college coach. They have a young team. Yes, there are some vets there as well. I get that. But come in and develop these young players. That, like Sexton and yeah. Garland and Jetty Osmond, and yeah. he's completely failed at that. And he failed, of course, with you know having any respect from any of the vets that were still there. Right. I mean, I'm get. I, look, that's a tough spot. I I hear everything you're saying there, Tass. I mean, it would be difficult for any coach. Um, but there is some blame, I think, on him as well. He wanted to throw the whole motion offense in. They were like polar bear, polar bear. Yeah, like he's sort of like has that college uh, coach sort of dictatorship sort of vibe that doesn't work with but professional players. That's what players. they knew they were hiring. Yeah, no, no. I mean, right. you can't then say, oh, you tried to install a college system, the one that you've coached for the last. 30 years like oh okay how come you didn't install an NBA offense like yeah so bad hiring the Cavs I mean I don't know why again a 66 year old guy it's a weird it's just a weird age to hire someone as their first gig in the NBA but if they ran motion I think they would have been good (laughs) you know if they actually ran an offense like Brad Stevens comes in that's his criticism he runs a, a college system and that's why they can win 50-plus games, because they're good. And maybe they don't integrate a superstar as well, which is the criticism of John Beeline. But if they ran a system, then they'd be a basketball team. They don't run anything. They really don't. They don't They don't uh, run through sets. They just don't from top to bottom. they just like, oh, yeah, okay, here. And that's why guys are pissed off. That's why watching the games, it doesn't look like basketball, because it's not really basketball. The kiss of death was uh, these reports that Andre Drummond comes over there and goes, wow, this is worse than Detroit. (laughs) Oh, my God. Can you get those beans back? And then, like, even going so far to say, like, if he's still here next year, I'm definitely not signing here. (laughs) Like, Andre Drummond coming in, throwing around weight? Like, it was over. It was probably over for a long time, and then it was just the idea of, like, Beeline finally saying, all right, they hate me. They don't listen to a word I say. I'm out of here. Like, okay, forget the money. And, like, this whole idea that he's going to be working in some other capacity for the organization – yeah, right. He is that. This you is don't like think he's pouring a Lawrence Frank writing up reports. Th- no, this is just like a, a s- trying to smooth over the old press release of like, oh yeah, we'll move him around here. It's like, yeah, no, no, no. He's just gonna go finally wait till he gets another college job and then he's gone. I don't think he's gonna be there for the long run at all. But hey, look, JB Bickerstaff. 
comes in there. And that's the crazy part. Like, when he was hired, yeah. John Beeline, it was, like, reported that, you know, J.B. Bickerstaff was a part of the future in taking over for Beeline. That was reported yeah. yesterday. Yeah, I mean, but that <laughs> yeah. was, like, a, an arranged deal. Oh, you think it was completely yeah, I false? That. I don't buy that. You signed a guy for four years to what? To... When this guy's Get 70, this guy. he's handed over. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, it's very odd. You're right. Uh, uh, and a guy who has been in the league as an assistant coach before, why not just give him the job? You're, you're, uh, you're but he hasn't had any real success himself as a head coach either. No, 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 he hasn't. In fact, as soon as he leaves, the team sort of uh, <laughs> yeah. bounces back. He's like yeah. uh, the Jeff Green of coaches, I guess. <laughs> um, but, you know, he's going to get a chance here, and, and expectations are so super low. I think we, we don't, let's not forget, Dan Gilbert wanted Tom Izzo. He, that was the college coach he yeah. wanted. That was his guy that he wanted. Couldn't get him? Okay. Then I guess we'll take John Beeline. Like, it was like, <laughs> all right, well, if we can't get that uh, older, you know, talented college coach, then I guess we'll just take this one. The bootleg version one that comes in here and then. Couldn't even look in brutal. a different state. He's like, Michigan State? Nope. Michigan? All right. I mean, sign yeah, it up. Yeah, sadly, it does feel like that. Or, or, I mean, I should say Gilbert or Kobe Altman, I guess. But the Cavs, yeah, just brutal. Worst net rating in the league, you know brutal on both sides of the ball offense and defense and it's like the most disappointing scary part is like again they do have young talent it appears those guys didn't get any better from what i saw so far um that's i mean at least if you're going to be bad at least be able to go well look at our young guys like they've gotten a little bit better has there been really any development for a couple of those second or third year guys i, I don't think you can really truly say there has been doesn't appear to but uh, again, you know, he's. I don't know what the Cleveland Cavaliers were thinking when they when they went with that right, guy. Right. Um, get someone young. Get someone who's sort of fresh out of the league, who, who who may have been sitting on a bench somewhere and deserves a chance, rather than a, a guy at the end of his coaching career. That's ageism, man. I mean, it's just it's just weird, though, isn't it? Really, <laughs> it is a little bit. It a is. lot, a lot. It's a lot weird. <laughs> I mean, you fired Ty Lue after what six games. And he won a championship with that team. And then you bring in a guy who's not even coached in the league and expect him to have better success. Yeah, yeah. I, I, don't, I, you know, I don't know. But the Cavs do weird things. And uh, <laughs> this is just another... Again, like if you're a free agent, like Andre Drummond is a free agent and the Cavs can sign him. And already he's like, there's just no way in the world I'm <laughs> signing like, here. I don't care. Yeah. I'll play in Europe rather than play here. You know, Like that's kind of what he's saying, isn't he? I mean... Like, like, like that. The, the Cavs need to have a stable organization to attract free agents. They need to have. I mean, when you think about it, what, how many band aids was LeBron putting over that franchise? Oh, that's what sort of tasks lose. Yeah. yeah, basically. Yeah, a I lot. mean, how he was able to to thrive and to achieve anything, uh, given the chaotic circumstances there, is quite astounding. Well, he's the best GM they've ever had. Yeah. That's the fact of the matter, is he ha- is able to draw players to him. There's nobody that's going to sign with the Cavaliers if you don't have. A LeBron James there. Right. right. Um, and he wouldn't have gone there if they hadn't lucked into w- winning the lottery, getting Kyrie Irving and getting Andrew Wiggins, somebody you can ship out. Kevin Love wants to come in, but Kevin Love is not a draw. Darius Garland, he's leading the team in assists at 3.8. He's not a draw. Colin Sexton, despised amongst players. Nobody wants to play with him. So I don't know how they get better. They brought in Andre Drummond after two games. He says, get me out of here. Yeah, that's that's a disaster. All right, moving on here. Woj, uh, over the last couple of days, after agreeing to a contract buyout with the Pistons guard, Reggie Jackson plans to sign with the Clippers upon clearing waivers. I guess this could happen uh, as soon as today. You guys up or down on the Clippers adding Reggie Jackson? Wow, well, I guess he's an insurance policy for the Clippers, really, because Reggie, we just haven't seen enough of him over the last couple of years to be 
a significant impact player on that team. Um, when he when he came to Detroit, it was almost like the James Harden going to the Rocket situation. He was playing behind Russell Westbrook. He didn't like that. Westbrook gets in, gets injured, and he started to show that he could play. Pistons take a gamble on him, and things were going all right in those early days. But uh, injuries, situation, team have just kind of caught up with him, and he's only twenty nine. Yeah. Yeah. Seems older than that. Mm-hmm. He seems like he's been around, you know, for a lot longer. So I guess the Clippers, they need another another guy they can perhaps um, use to go out there and create some plays and handle the ball. And I think he can do that in, in you know, very limited minutes. But uh, as, as far as anything else on that team, I don't think he's, he's not taking anybody's minutes who's, who's healthy by any means. So, you know, the, the teams, when they're contenders, they like to just have that guy at the end yeah. of their roster who can come out and maybe fill in during those blowouts, get some get some of their main players rest. Mm-hmm. Because uh, that's all he is. Yeah, he's not going to play at all. Well, I'm still up. He's not going to take minutes from Lou Williams or anybody, but I'm up because he keeps uh, the Lakers. He, he's keeping – the Clippers are keeping him away from the Lakers. And that's why I'm up on it. That's what they're doing. They'll just take, keep anybody away from the Los <laughs> Angeles Lakers. That has nothing to do with basketball, really. Is he going to play over Lou Williams or Patrick Beverly or anybody who can handle the ball? I doubt it. I guess he's best buds with Paul George, mm-hmm. uh, and that's why he's going there. He, but I think that's a win for the Clippers just because they're keeping something away from the Lakers that they could actually use. The Lakers need a ball handler. The Clippers don't. And I think the Clippers still need a big. And if Reggie Jackson – is the guy that they decide to cut. If there's an opportunity to get a big, they would do that in a heartbeat. That's yeah. more important. I'm actually down on it, Task, for the exact reason you're saying. They're being a little bit too greedy here. Mm. You scared of the Lakers? You don't want them to get Reggie Jackson? Reggie Jackson's <laughs> not that much of an impact maker, and you got to go out of your way to keep him away from the Lakers? If this was LeBron bringing in all these guys, he would be getting killed. Why do you need so much help? I thought you got all the help you needed with Anthony Davis. With Kawhi Leonard, it's totally fine. Nobody cares because he's best buds with uh, Paul George. But Reggie Jackson, maybe he'll have a good quarter, but I would have rather see him. If you're going to be a buyout guy, go to go to a team where you're going to really make a difference. I'm a little higher on this, I guess, than you guys are. I, I mean, Reggie Jackson, and I have buried Reggie Jackson in the past before, um, he's not a brutal backup guard. I think we've learned, if anything, him trying to be maybe a lead guy in Detroit, is uh, that's just a little too much for Reggie know your role in this league hopefully he's humbled maybe even a little bit by it the idea of like oh i am a really or i can be a really good backup guard and i think there will be some minutes there still as a backup guard for the clippers i mean their bench now is even better if it is still you know if if shaman is sort of one of the guys playing and starting and beverly is starting reggie jackson and then sweet lou marcus morris jamichael green montrez harrell i think i heard jay williams on espn saying is that a playoff team in the eastern conference those five guys Probably. It's probably like the 7th or 8th seed. But in a reduced role, the guy can still hit threes. If he's healthy, he's fine. Um, So I don't mind it. I think what they're doing here, I mean, we made the comparison, Doc Rivers getting Marcus Morris. That was like his 08 James Posey. You said it. Can Reggie Jackson win you a quarter or two? Well, then maybe he's the hopefully like the Eddie House version of the 08 (laughs) Celtics or, you know, the Sam Cazell version to some extent. Just like a, a sort of sound backup guard that can maybe get a little hot and win you a quarter or two here. And that's fine. And, uh, you know, really not costing you anything. You're not giving up anything to get him. It's sort of wild to me that just even the guy signs a five-year, $80 million deal, and he's like, we're at the point now where there's buyouts in the end of their final years? Yeah. That's just, I know the Pistons are just like, we got to get rid of mm-hmm. everything here, and that's what's happening. But it's pretty rare, right? We don't see something like that all that often in a guy in his prime. Yeah. He's not a 38-year-old here. Well, he's in his prime in terms of his age. But yeah. I guess just the fact that his body has just been broken down for yeah. seemingly 
you know, the last two or three years. Uh, so he's an old 29, I would guess. But, yeah, could have been good for Reggie. You have a lot of thought about lot of thoughts about age today. I yeah. know, I know. As well as Trey's birthdays inspired <laughs> me. <you know? laughs> Trey's still got a good couple of years left, 36. Only a good couple? Yeah, Jesus, jeez, yeah. man. It goes downhill after about 38, 39, so oh, enjoy Speak it. for yourself, man. <laughs> Are you still flying over there, JD? <laughs> Never. Best shape of my life, man. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. Great. Yeah, well, that's. Still I know that. that's sad looking at me, but <laughs> <laughs> that's all that work in the swimming pool, isn't it? That's right. Yeah, that's you're right. like a dolphin, butterfly. That's the trick. <laughs> Over the All Star break, uh, Nets head coach Kenny Atkinson confirmed that Kyrie Irving has re-aggravated the shoulder injury that caused him to miss 26 games this season, and he's out indefinitely. I want to know. I'm asking it this way: Are you up or down on the Nets? You know, potentially shutting down Kyrie for the rest of the season. What you know, up if you think he's done, down if you think maybe he comes back here. Well, he's only twenty-seven, Kyrie. Oh, so. <laughs> <laughs> got a few good yeah. years left. Um, but he's a basketball body. player, so his yeah. shoulder is like the age of a thirty-eight-year-old. This is a this is a, a, a pretty weird situation though for him because this injury has been bothering him for most of the season, um, and when he's been able to play. He's been good. You know, the, the Nets, we know, have struggled sort of integrating him at times this year. But I think probably part of that is because he's been in and out of lineup. But if it's, and it's his right shoulder too. So this is his shooting shoulder, this is his dribbling shoulder. If he, uh, if he potentially does more damage to this in the long term, then, then definitely I think they shut him down. They're not competing for a championship this year. They're going to even, you know, the playoffs is really their goal. And even if they make the playoffs, they're probably first round fodder. So... Kevin Durant's coming back next season. We've seen him working out. He's looking great, knocking down some shots. Yeah, for an older guy, he looks great. Yeah. How old is he? 31? 30? <laughs> He's plus 30. Ooh. It's all downhill from here. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I would be inclined if I'm the Nets to, to probably shut him down for the rest of this yeah. season. Yeah, I think they've already had a successful season. They're going to make the playoffs. They're two games up on the eighth seed. They're five games up on the ninth seed right now. So I think you can lock the Nets in even if Kyrie is out for the rest of the season. Considering this season was kind of a, a wait and see anyways, I think the smart thing is to let him just chill, get that shoulder healthy, because you need to be 100% strength for when Kevin Durant comes back, and you need to be at your best uh, at your best health going into the summer so that players are like, hey, we know we got two superstars. They're ready and waiting. Maybe I can hop on and try and make a trip to the conference finals or the finals. Yeah, it's the perfect recipe to shut it down. He already has said, we're not good enough this year. And I'm already thinking about next year. Mm-hmm. He's not 100%. And he also just became one of the VPs of the Players Association. And so I think he's uh, just like Andre Iguodala just told us recently about uh, flexing his player power and the player empowerment era. He's saying, you know what? I'll be back next year. Uh, and I'm under contract. And I think he's got a bit of the the LeBron flavor. Like when he commented about his teammates not being good enough, really not being good enough to go to a championship. He, he, I think he's always sort of uh, mirrored LeBron's mentality that LeBron knows that um, I want to play for champions. And uh, LeBron's always definitely set himself up that way, and Kyrie's doing the same, set himself up for next year. Yeah, because earlier this season he opted to get the cortisone shot instead of any surgery on that that banged up shoulder impingement or whatever it's called um, to see if like he could get through it. That could get him through the pain. I guess it hasn't. He's only played in 20 games for the Nets. It feels like he's played way more to mm-hmm. me, maybe just because we talk about him all the time. But I'm willing to bet, like you guys are saying here, I'm going to echo what you're saying. I am willing to bet in the next few weeks that, one, they lean into saying Kyrie's done for the season. And then maybe, two, he, you know, and again, the next couple of weeks here, he gets surgery 
So if if it, if it really is truly bothering, he gets some sort of surgery so he can be ready for camp next year because that would, you know, I'm, I'm guessing that would take a couple of months uh, to sort of try and bounce back from that. That's my guess. I'm not a doctor, but uh, we will see. And just sort of uh, in other you know, sort of big news with star players. I guess Carl Anthony Towns is also out mm-hmm. indefinitely with that's uh, the wrist injury, is it not? And uh, maybe the same thing goes with the Wolves. They're like, well, he's hurt, and we ain't making the playoffs. Let's we'll just reset it all next year, and maybe he gets the surgery he needs, mm-hmm. or, or just re- obviously rest up. So unfortunate, of course, for Kyrie and Cat or Nets and Wolves fans. Final one here. I just want to get your take on this, Trey. Up or down on the Bulls' plans to shake up the front office? Is uh, Gar Foreman being fired? I'm down moved? on this. I'm down on this. I don't see any reason to make a move at this point. Right? It's only been 17 years of this administration. Why jump ship now? No, of course this is a smart move, but it's not enough because yeah. <laughs> apparently fire Gar Packs means both Gar and Packs will still be major voices in <laughs> in the Bulls decision making this to me is just being embarrassed about being such a minor story at the Chicago All-Star weekend it was a great All-Star weekend the dunk contest was fun the three point contest came down to the very last shot we know the target score worked common was getting his rhymes off yeah, rising stars was entertaining rising with stars the, the was kids. fun it was a it was a great weekend and the only things that happened for the Bulls were that Zach Levine was uh, eliminated from the three-point contest after the first round, and Fire Gar Packs was chanted on ESPN. That's about it. Yeah. That's the only things that have happened. Well, so. you wore a Jordan jersey to our I wore a Jordan jersey. Show. That's yeah. a good point. Yeah. We sold some um, Bulls-looking shirts. Yep. Uh, but other than that, uh, the biggest cheer for anything Bulls-related over over the weekend was when Jimmy Butler was announced. And then they were like, oh, yeah, I remember when we botched that. This is the third rebuild for Gar and Pax. Well, I guess technically just for Pax, but they had the Dang, Nocioni, Kirk Heinrich, Ben Gordon era way back when, which was the first time that they were anything decent after uh, the dynasty. That turned into the Rose thing when they lucked into getting him as a draft pick. Then that morphed into the Jimmy Butler team, which they gave up on, and then now we have the Boylan Boys, which has been a disaster. Yeah. Um, but clearly things need to change, but it it can't just be bringing in a couple of more guys and then still listening to whatever John Paxson has to say. Yeah. It's like every single season, the Bulls have injuries. Get a new medical staff. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, that seems like an easy one. Try anything. Try literally anything. Uh, but at least they're trying something. Maybe. 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 Yeah, maybe. That's Who it. knows? That's exactly what it is. Uh, it were these just reports because it was uh, All-Star Weekend in Chicago, and it's like, ooh, everybody's upset with this. Well, let's just say we're maybe moving on from <laughs> one of the guys that people we're are saying We're just changing the, the title. Yeah. Uh, but it comes back to ownership. Ownership just yeah. doesn't care. So why, why are they going to make any change? Why are they going to be any different or any better? Until you completely clean house and start fresh, I, I don't see how the Bulls are even going to ever be able to sort of get out of this same sort of mess they're in. Because the thing about John Paxson and Gar, when you hear them talk, they actually talk as if we're having some success. We, this is the sort of, we're on the right track. This is what we want to do. You know, we're, we're happy with our position right now. And you only have to look at a team like the Grizzlies who, who just, you know, got a bit lucky there with the draft. They get Jar Morant and then they get a few other vets and some of these younger players start coming together. You can turn things around quickly. Mm-hmm. You don't have to just rot for years. Right, right. Uh, it does take some luck, no doubt about it, but change things up, try some new things uh, and, and do it that way. But when you're the Bulls, it seems it's just like 
Who cares? We Sometimes don't. you're right, Lee. You got to get lucky, like drafting a superstar player number thirty who wants to really, really work hard and tell everybody he's working hard. But then you're like, I don't know, man. He's a little bit grading. <laughs> Literally, look at what Jimmy Butler is doing with the Heat. Yeah. Could that not have been the Bulls if they would have stuck with him for four seasons? Of course, it could have been, and and that's basically what he he sort of has said about the franchise, isn't he? Like they don't want to work that hard. You know, it's <laughs> same same thing in Minnesota, and to some degree in Philadelphia, he's in a situation where. If guys work hard, look at the results, and, and it's looking great. But, yeah, the Bulls – and the Bulls gave him away for, what, Zach Levine and, and Markkinen. And Chris it? Dunn. Oh, Chris Dunn, yeah, yeah. I mean, Levine's been a serviceable player, but but Jimmy Butler is back in the All-Star game. May very well be all NBA this season as well, and, and the Bulls just let him go. Yeah, isn't it not the Bulls, their whole franchise, is similar to the Knicks in a way, right? It's a marquee franchise that just, like, prints money mm-hmm. for them. I mean, like, they're all, you know, I can't speak for the Knicks, but I know the Bulls were regularly, like, one of the best teams in terms of attendance, despite two. not being all that great. Yeah. I know that is starting to slip now, and that's why people are thinking – Oh, that's why we're getting some sort of comments from ownership like, oh, yeah, maybe we do need to make some moves. Because, like, once it's like, oh, people are now not coming. Yeah, we don't, you know, yeah, the blog boys are all upset with us, but who cares? We're rich. I mean, everybody still comes to the games, buys all the merchandise and loves the franchise. But when that starts to slip, then maybe, you know, they do sort of have to, like, okay, maybe we got to shake things up. So, you know, stop going to Bulls games, I guess, is my advice. It seems to be the one thing that might get their attention to actually – do something different. I mean, I know when we were walking into the arena on Sunday, I was yelling, let's go Bulls. Nobody was joining oh, in. Oh, no, no. <laughs> Not even your sarcastic, let's go Bulls, could get any response from anyone. Yeah, I noticed that. Yeah, tragic. <laughs> <laughs> it was indeed. All right, so that's the Uptown Report. Let's get to Tweet of the Night. Mm, tweet of the Night. Wow. Twitter. The Tweet of the Night sting where I... Uh out that sound mm, actually plays into tweet of the night because we're because it's a tasty one almond joys were trending <laughs> so i had to take a look at what was going on it's a chocolate bar candy bar whatever you want to call it a confection it's a shredded <laughs> shredded coconut a lot of it coated with milk chocolate right and an almond on top of each half if you're not familiar it's the the sister of mounds which is dark chocolate no almond coconut though so a lot of coconut <laughs> people don't like coconut and the tweet comes yeah, from so why, locked yeah, with nessa y'all steady asking about who's eating arby's keeping them in business who the f- is eating almond joys <laughs> she just she just steered it 180 degrees yeah people talking arby's she's an arby's stan apparently the the fast food joint where you get your meats but she just she just turned it into a coconut chocolate bar discussion, and so do you like coconut? Is what this really comes down to? That's I mean, exactly if you don't right. like milk chocolate, you're weird. But if you <laughs> if you don't like coconut, I understand. But I like almond joys and I like mounds. Yeah, and I hate I hate them. You're not because a coconut, I'm not. I don't like it. Yeah, I don't like the coconut chocolate yeah. combo. And I, exactly, I hate both of those. Those are always the what, last coconut and chocolate. No, no, oh, the okay. mounds and almond joy. Okay. They're always the last. Uh, chocolate bar, you know, around Halloween that's yeah. just still sitting there. I won't touch them. Do you, uh, is it Bounty uh, in North America? Yeah, it's yeah. in Canada. Canada. That's Canada. in Canada, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That's just straight coconut and milk chocolate, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah so it's a the hybrid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah, they're bad. <laughs> so you're not a fan nah. either of any of these. You don't yeah. like coconut? No, nah, not like that. I mean, coconut water, great. But, <laughs> <laughs> but you don't like just shredded coconut? No, nah, not shredded bar? coconut, no. Oh, I love Wait. an almond joy. I think uh, one of... One of the smartest moves you can pull it as, as an adult is to like all of the worst things. So if you get a bag of assorted uh, Halloween candy, you're right. 
Almond Joy is probably coming in last uh, place. But if you love an Almond Joy, you're the king. Right? Yeah, it's a, or if like if you like a sour cream glazed donut, or if you like a plain donut, those ones are always available. So yeah. go for the bad ones. For me, Almond Joy, it brings me great joy. But I didn't I guess I didn't know that Mounds was dark chocolate. I, I think didn't I would either. like that better. I didn't either. Until I We're read gonna, about it. <laughs> let's hit the streets. Yeah. Get Almond those sweets. Uh JD, are you do you want to comment on this? Uh I am down on coconut. I'm out. <laughs> you can keep them. Keep them, and I'm sorry. Uh, I'm too old to to jump on that tray to mm. to become the the guy that likes coconut. <laughs> well, it's the only thing I'm too old for. The only thing. The you're, only thing. You're Mr. Healthy in tip top shape. Do you throw coconut in your uh, morning smoothie? Perhaps. No, no, I don't drink smoothies. I'm not consuming calories through liquid. Are you crazy? <laughs> but you like alcohol. <laughs> That's different. Oh, That's different. Um, coconut rum. <laughs> Why, I'm getting uh, B12, vitamin B12 from my Guinness. Right. Why, uh, you've, you're a smoothie man. I'm off the smoothies. Oh, okay. I'm off them. <laughs> now you don't do it anymore. I don't do it anymore. I'm a yogurt and uh, bran and granola guy now. <laughs> wow, I'm old. Oh, my God. <laughs> you just aged yourself further <laughs> so and further. But e- yogurt. Easy on the chompers. I, and I enjoy my movements. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I think the only problem really with Almond Joys is the name for me. I'm fine with coconut. Almond Joys is just like a lame name. <laughs> Pretty misleading. No mention of a coconut at all. Yeah. And no joy. <laughs> and mounds as well. Mm. Yeah, I don't like the packaging of all three of those. <laughs> like the bounty, the mounds, and the yeah. Almond Joy. I'm with you. I, like it actually doesn't look appealing even to me. Yeah, um, I agree. I don't know what it, it almost looks like a laundry detergent vibe to it. It's like uh, the blue and white, I feel like in my head. That's how I'm remembering them, at least. That's Maybe bounty. I'm wrong. That's bounty. Yeah, that's bounty. Okay. Um, Almond Joy is red, right? Yeah. Is it? Oh, yeah. Is that, is that thinking mounds? It is blue. <laughs> yeah, Almond Joy is blue. Mounds red, red and yeah. I think bounty might be a might, might be a bluey. Yeah, yeah. Right. Blue. it's a blue. Sure it it's supposed to the imagery is supposed to be a blue sky. You're looking up at the coconut in the sky <laughs> and the tree. Oh yeah. <laughs> Snort alert. I'll eat that. <laughs> All right. I mean, it's one. That's why that tweet goes viral, right? It's one of those. Uh, yeah, it's one it's of so those. polarizing. People have such a strong opinion about ooh, that's the worst candy bar, or are you kidding me? That's such a great candy bar. It's, it's very rarely are people just like meh. <laughs> yeah, like, true, you are, true. You're on one extreme or the other. Uh, it's fascinating. Yeah, I mean, nobody's going in like this on a hundred grand bar, a lesser known bar, but it's just like it's just crispy, right? It's fine. Yeah, <laughs> hundred grand didn't exist in Canada. And if it went away, I, I wouldn't care. It's fine. I don't mind it actually. I'm gonna get a hundred gram bar. All right, I'll get a mounds. <laughs> I think uh, they come in two packs, right? They we do can, come in two we packs. can trade. Perfect. All right, I'll get a payday. Very cool. <laughs> <laughs> Wait till Friday. Oh, Lee, what are you gonna get? You gotta get a candy bar that you don't never, you rarely get. Picnic. They don't have picnic here, don't they? <laughs> well, if you go to the international section and uh, oh, Mars bar, then yeah, I'll get a Mars bar. Mars bar. They're All great. Right, All right. Ma's bar. Thanks, Ma, for the bar. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get to, uh, well, at least some pickup updates here. Yeah. We don't need to. We didn't have anything to pick. There's no, nothing, like, recent that we've done. I just want to give you where we stand in February. Tass did pay off his um, January pick'em loss at our live show on Saturday night in Chicago. Took a shot of Malort. 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 <laughs> 
My lord and my lady. I know, it's impossible. <laughs> it's hard not to say. <laughs> it's it. impossible. And then we gave it away to a fan. One milord, my lady. Oh, he wanted that bottle, didn't oh he? Oh my yeah. god, he sprinted up yeah. there. I'll take it. Um, I did. I did a shot after the show at the bar. Uh, some kind No Dunks fan bought me one. Yeah, it was bad. It lived up to the hype. I actually thought that we disagreed on it because uh, I thought the I didn't mind it going in had a little grapefruit sort of weird tinge to it. But man, the aftertaste was brutal. Yeah. Well, you didn't think it was the aftertaste was that bad to you? You said you thought it was the other way around, maybe. For sure. Yeah. I, I was surprised afterwards that I I didn't have a sip of anything to wash it down for like yeah. half an hour. Oh, I looked down and I'm like, oh. With it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Didn't bother me that much. It's just a really strange taste though. Yeah. I couldn't put I couldn't put it into words. Somebody said like burnt ash burnt socks. Like the ashes <laughs> of burnt socks. <laughs> okay. 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 Something something ashy for sure. Ugh. Um so Tass has paid that off. Here's February standings right now. Tass is six and three. He's looking good. Trey and Lear five and four, and I'm way behind at two and seven with uh, you know not a whole whole lot of time here. February, but enough enough to get back into it. So what's tonight's game? Let's get back into this. TNT doubleheader tonight. The second game is the Rockets going crazy small ball, signing every smallie in the league with Jeff Green and Damari Carroll coming to the team, visiting the Golden State Warriors, and the Rockets are favored by. Ten and a half. Ooh, man, that first game back from the All-Star weekend. It's tough. And That's the, the Warriors got a lot of positivity positivity going on around them. Steve Kerr saying Steph's definitely coming back, seeing him in warm-ups, those videos. What about his good. Instagram post? He looked like his hand is pretty fully much healed. <laughs> <laughs> nice, strong base. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Looking strong. Everything looking strong. <laughs> Uh, Everything looking very strong. Very strong. Uh, Trayvon Green says Andrew Wiggins could be defensive player of the year. He's got that potential. This is great stuff. Wow. What the great hell wow. does any of this have to do with tonight's game? You just like They're the positivity? Feeling good. Okay. They're feeling good. You know what? You convinced me. I'm taking the Warriors That's plus a ten call. and a half. Yep. Uh, I'm, go I'm going with the Rockets. They're well rested. I also <laughs> think the Rockets... They're Tass. well rested. Tass. I'm looking at Draymond Green. He's gonna do it. <laughs> I got the Warriors. All right. Okay. I think Draymond Green had the quote of also. You mentioned a few of those things that happened there, Trey. Uh, Draymond Green got got back to practice. He was asked, "What are you looking forward to in the second half?" He said, "A buyout." Yeah, that was funny. very funny. Very funny, Draymond. All right. Yeah, positivity high around those Warriors. We're gonna keep it close. Uh, you guys need the Rockets to win by 11 or more. Tass and I just have to not even really have that close of a game. Just no real blowout. Six games back on tonight. Nice to have NBA back in our lives. That's the second game of that TNT doubleheader. Net Sixers get us started there, and then more games on. Can't wait to talk about them on tomorrow's Drop Podcast. New Beach Steppin' podcast coming later today, so get your questions in. No dunks at theathletic.com. Talk to you soon. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us, and remember, you can have a payday every day if your payday is chocolatey, nutty, caramelly, new gaddy goodness. I'm not sure if it has all those things, but I think it does. Brace your candy, people. You could stay